You're listening to the Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Better Man. It's an 11-week experience happening at churches across the United States. And we're here today with J.P. Pacluda, author of Welcome to Adulting and the pastor of Harris Creek Church to talk a little bit about hosting a better man experience at your church. So, Robert, we are here today with uh, J.P. Pacluda. J.P., are you there? I'm here, guys. How are y'all doing this morning? Great. J.P., it's great to have you with us. Thank you for taking the time to kind of download some of your experiences with Better Man with us. Are you kidding me, man? We had such an amazing morning. It's so fun just to see uh, guys <laughs> gathering in a church early in the morning at 545. They showed up. It was hundreds and hundreds of guys. I just, I couldn't believe, you know, you always, before an event, you're always like, man, are they going to, are they going to come? Are they going to show up? Are they going to sleep in? Did they set their alarm? <laughs> yeah. They just did such a great job. So I'm just on cloud nine about it. Well, this was your first um, launch of a Better Man event. And uh, what we'd love our listeners to hear is uh, how you got into Better Man and how you prepared to launch Better Man and what you experienced in that opening session. Yeah. So seven months ago, my family and I, we moved from Dallas to the small town slash big city of Waco. And, uh, <laughs> And moved into a church here as the lead pastor, looking at the landscape of the church culture in Waco and really the church culture in America. And there's just this, this need for men to raise up, to follow Jesus and to call others to follow Jesus. And uh, I think a big thing that prevents that for us is having not dealt with our junk and our, our baggage. And so when I heard about Better Man and kind of heard the pitch, I was just like instantly I said, hey, I think this is what our church needs. And I feel like what happened this week was affirmation on that. And so we rolled it out. I mean, the the greatest thing about it too for me was being a new pastor in a new town and a new church was I got to meet the the qualified leaders as I asked the existing staff there, hey, who are the guys that if you are going to have a men's ministry that you would want being table leaders. We put together that list of men. We got them in rooms uh, two, two separate times, uh, began to talk about this opportunity. They, they took it on. I mean, I, I, every one of them, uh, with very few exceptions, I think there were two guys that were traveling for work and said, hey, we want to do this. And then what was great about it is you, you give away that leadership responsibility. You, you tell those guys, hey, you are responsible for your table. And so you're responsible to get them there. You're responsible for communicating well with them. And, um, and when we unleash them, you're responsible for really making sure that they talk and share and facilitate that conversation. So JP, let me, let me jump in just for a second for yeah. our listeners. So what you're, you're saying is the Better Man event is not just something that you announce and people sign up for. What you're saying is the Better Man event is built around more established men getting a vision for reaching out to younger men to invite them to this event and take the leadership of that. That's, that's absolutely right. And it facilitates discipleship because I think there's something in, in everyone who follows Jesus, uh, every man who follows Jesus just understands, hey, I'm called to make disciples, but how do I do that? And, mm -hmm. and what are my guardrails? And so what Better Man does 
is it gives those guys some guardrails to do what they know that they've been called to. And I think it's really exciting for them. And so I was, you know, on the other side of it concerned, Hey, are they going to take that serious? Are they going to find those guys? But I, I found the opposite, uh, that I didn't need to be concerned about that at all because man, they took it. They took the bull by the horns. They called their guys. Some of them were like, Hey, how you know, are you sure I'm limited to only eight? I'd love to have 12 at my table. You know, and <laughs> that's great. It was, just, it was so fun. Yeah, that's great. Okay. So you, you did that. You got these table leaders oriented. They began to recruit men to their table. They'll take us into the event. Yeah. And so then, so they, they show up that, that morning, uh, we start at 6 AM, which is early. Uh, but that's real early. Yeah. And so, (laughs) but the guys were there and, um, we, we had some breakfast tacos for them and, and had the coffee flowing. And I mean, there was at 545, I kid you not, the lobby was jam packed shoulder to shoulder with men. Wow. And they were, they were catching up talking. We moved into the auditorium and, you know, at, at 605 started that that one to many communication and walked through the material you guys did an amazing job of just providing an outline i plugged in some of my own personal stories uh in there they have a workbook that is fill in the blank so the guys are kind of you know ferociously taking notes as as you're talking they're filling in the blanks uh they're putting that the the blanks on the screen so the tech and av team uh was ready to go with that and then I would say so that, you know, the talk part happens and that's, you know, 30 to 40 minutes of it. But then we released them to their tables. And so they have a map of, of where to go, what tables to go to. Then they go sit at their tables. And then from there, there, we turn them over to those table leaders who have three questions in front of them. And those three questions, you know, completely fill up the time just as every guy goes around the table and answers. And we didn't just kind of make it a row every time. But um, well, we gave everyone enough time to answer that question at the table. And that's, that's when guys just opened up. I mean, day one, Robert, guys were talking about their struggles. Uh, they were, I mean, it was almost like, hey, hey we're going to get to that. Hey, slow down. You know, yeah. it was, they kind of break I, I, open, don't they? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I caught myself kind of pumping the brakes. Like, hey, guys, we still got 11 <laughs> more weeks of this, you know. And, uh, and it was just this, this beautiful thing where you saw, and this, this is what I want listeners to hear, you saw the church grow healthy. Like mm-hmm. in one morning, in one conversation uh, around the, the problem of lack of well-defined manhood in our culture today, just one conversation around that, everybody, all the men in the room are looking at the same problem. All the men in the room want to be a part of the solution. And all the men in the room are signing up, okay, I'm going to draw a circle around myself. And the first step is to change everything inside that circle mm-hmm. or have the Holy Spirit change everything inside that circle. And you just see this willingness in their hearts and eyes. And as they pull off that property, it's just like, man, take a deep breath. The church just grew healthy. Wow, That's what just happened. You know what's so interesting with that, JP, is in all the other Better Man events I've been a part of, that happens just like that every time. It's amazing that guys who people would say would not open up or share anything or would not know what to say, you sit them down at the table, and that's exactly what I found is you're, you're, you're actually thinking, we don't have near enough time. These guys want to put it all out there right now. We're just starting. And yeah, uh, it, gets, it gets thrilling. You, you were actually at a table and part of a discussion. What did you experience at that table? 
yeah, I mean, it was exactly that. I, I, I wrapped up. I have a co-leader, and so he started them off, and I, I touched base with the Tech and AV team. And then when I sat down, the guys were already sharing. And I think you think as a leader that you're going to have to really pull from them. You really pull from them. There was such a hunger in these guys and they didn't even know each other. The guys at my table, it's not like they were like longtime buddies. I mean, they, most of them met each other that morning for the first time wow. and they were just off to the races. Uh, one guy opened up about his, his struggle with pornography. We talked about why they were there. And he just said, hey, man, this is something I know I got to deal with. Another guy opened up about just his his father and his upbringing or the lack thereof. And I mean, day one, these guys were ready to dive all in. JP, what does that tell you about just kind of where men are at right now? You know, because a lot of times we look at men and we just kind of go, they're doing their own thing. They're not interested in deeper connections or not interested in growing in their faith. I mean, will you just describe what, you know, tells us something. What do you think it tells us about what men are going through right now? Well, I think they're lonely and I think, you know, they're desperate. The scripture tells us, you know, we're desperate for community and to experience that. And as men, there's something about uh, what we were taught or not taught that we just struggle to find that. But really what I think is happening after that first week is you're looking at this epidemic of a lack of of manhood and an inability to define manhood and they're all nodding their head and you're looking at these statistics and you're like gosh how did we get here and then you're hit with the reality that man this happened on our watch we redefined marriage on our watch the, the genders are 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 all over the map uh, and all of these huge shifts in our culture happened during our lifetime mm-hmm. and so a, as a man i'm either going to be a part of the problem or i'm going to be a part of the solution i want to be a part of the solution but i don't know how and so i think that's the this kind of this overarching feeling on that after that first day and it's like okay guys we got to do something and yeah. i think the first step they take is just to just vulnerability just sharing openly and honestly yeah you got to know where you are before you can get to know where you want to go and yeah. i think that's what it does and you're right uh this did happen on our watch and uh if those guys have that kind of hunger, they're going to be ready for the answer that you're going to provide for them in the weeks ahead. Yeah. Robert, you have been doing ministry with men in a community and church context uh, for 30 years, and you've learned so much. You know, share with us, because I don't even know that JP and I have heard this, you know, what led you to start Better Man? Like, what was that thing? You were retired. You know, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm sure, you know, your wife was like, you know, get out of the house or well, t- tell me what yeah. was going on yeah, there. I did it because she kicked me out. <laughs> yeah, because it seems like you've taken a lot of wisdom of the years and with and have kind of con- helped pull it together in a way that churches can access that. Well, I mean, Better Man grew out of a previous route, which was men's fraternity that I did for 20 years here in Little Rock. And we had thousands of guys go through it. And then I took a break as I transitioned uh, to travel and speak and do men's ministry and stuff like that. But during that time, I had guys coming up to me. This is the interesting thing. I had guys coming up to me all the time and go, hey, can we do another men's fraternity? Can we do another men's meeting of some kind? And uh, that discussion led me to a good friend, Russell Rainey. And 
Russell said, Robert, have you ever thought about doing something for younger men? And I thought, hey, I know there's this new generation of millennials. I don't know if they would be interested in an older guy uh, delivering this information, but he just kind of stayed on me to do it. And uh, so um, what we basically did is what became Better Man is we got the older men in the city that I knew, just asked them, would you join me and invite younger men and we'll do this uh, Better Man event. And uh, just like JP said, I was shocked because I'd, ne I'd never done that with men's fraternity, had older men be the real leaders mm -hmm. of the event. But I was shocked at how aggressive those men uh, moved passionately to recruit younger men in their workspaces, in their neighborhoods, through their family system and whatever, not necessarily doing it at church because when we actually had our Better Man event, a good half of the audience there were not necessarily even churchgoers. But these older men had been great recruiters. Uh, so that was the first thing that just surprised me when I did it. Then I did the material, I oriented the material more to the younger generation about where we are. And then we went through it. And um, the, the, the enthusiasm, the response, uh, the younger men um, gave me and Russell for doing that is what led to me going, well, maybe there's more that we can do here in the community. And then some of that leaked out uh, other places like in Dallas that we had been doing that. And that eventually led to a team getting together to do uh, the Better Man organization. But uh, what thrills me is to have outstanding young leaders like JP and others who are willing to pick up that mantle and do it in their communities because I know they're in for an incredible journey like I've had and it transforms your church. It does because men get energized and then it's just a question of how to steer that energy uh, once you have unleashed them. JP, you know, you've looked you've looked over the show. You're teaching it right now, obviously. Um, and as you think about, you know, the men in your church, I'm sure you've got some more mature men that are inviting younger men um, within the church, right? Which is you know increasing discipleship. Are you seeing this being something that could be outreach oriented as well? Man, there's no question, and it it honestly that was. <laughs> that was maybe the biggest surprise of this past week as I was sitting there, you know, getting my breakfast taco. I, I saw I was like, man, what do you, wait, what are you doing here? There's a guy I knew <laughs> in, in the city, not, not a Christian. And he was like, well, you know, so-and-so invited me. So I thought I'd come check it out. I was just like, that's amazing. And then that happened to me two or three times. And so I know that every table leader kind of, had had a divided mind and said one hey who are the guys i want to invest in that know and love god and they said all right who are the guys i work with or that i see every day that i want to expose to those men and so what's interesting at the table at every single one of those tables you have you have these solid guys that are growing in their faith you have some new believers that that are interested and then you have some non-believers and uh and folks that are are just they're hearing this stuff and they're like okay and that, I, I was i will tell you i think you guys have been really thoughtful in the way that you prepared the material you know because one one guy said after the the first session you know he said hey i didn't i didn't really hear the gospel in that 
And I said, well, it, it's coming. You know, the it's you, you know we we as believers we want to hear the gospel. Of course, non-believers want to hear the gospel. But I think you've been really thoughtful in the way that you stack this curriculum to kind of build every week builds on itself. And I just told him, I said, this isn't really a hop on, hop off. Uh, Bible study. I mean, this is something that you're going to go through for 11 weeks, and it does require a commitment, but I think it's going to pay dividends for the rest of your life. And I, I really believe looking at it, I mean, having looked at the curriculum with you, I think that's what we're going to see is just the way that that pay dividends for those non-believers. Hopefully, we get to be with them in eternity. Yeah. And then for the Christians, that they that they grow in their faith and they go out into the city to be leaders of the city. Yeah, let, listen. That's what I'm thrilled. I'm, 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 I'm actually personally thrilled for you, JP, because what you just said uh, is going to happen. You're going to see. I think when we talked about Better Man months ago, when I was talking to you about maybe coming on board and being a speaker, uh, there there are two conversions that happen in Better Man. Uh, the first conversion is that. All the participants there, you're trying to give them a vision for what it means to be uh, an authentic, godly man, wh what that really looks like in real life, and you're trying to convert them, so to speak, to authentic masculinity. But the second, which is to a lesser extent of the audience, is you're trying to use that manhood subject matter to also introduce some of the men there to the man, Jesus Christ. That's right. And convert them to Jesus. So at the end, what you're looking for is that every man be converted to Jesus and every man be converted to a vision of authentic masculinity that Jesus and the scriptures set forth. Yeah. I'll tell you something else that surprised me was at, at 5.45 in the morning, there were over 100 college students. And granted, I'm in a college, a university town, but, but our, our church is 30 miles away or 30 minutes away from the university and that there were over a hundred college students there bright and early in the morning. I, I think I just, there's no way when I was in college, I was lost as an Easter egg. <laughs> yeah. wasn't running with Jesus. There was no way I was going to be at a Bible study or, or any kind of men's gathering or anything like that at 5:45 in the morning. Especially when you just gotten in at 4:45. That that's exactly right. <laughs> I, was, I was probably still out. <laughs> well, you know, I think this 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 conversation is is so important because uh the church has lost a lot of trust, you know, with the community and not rushing in this journey as not as people who aren't followers of Christ come into this environment, we want them to be able to trust us and what I really feel you've done, Robert, and the way that you've laid the weeks out is you give time for somebody who's maybe not trusting in the church, definitely not trusting Christ, mm -hmm. to develop some trust, to kind of go, okay, you understand where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. You feel the pain of my life. You mm -hmm. get it. I can trust you to hear more. Exactly. And I can trust in this Bible and this person of Jesus for my life. And, um, and that's ultimately you know, the best way to, you know, increase your experience of masculinity is to trust in Jesus right. and to be able to, to, to have confidence in following after him. And uh, that's really, you know, well-designed. JP, I'm curious, what, what was one of the greatest maybe challenges that you had 
uh, as you were putting on Better Man. Um, I'm thinking about a pastor who's got a million things in his mind saying, yeah, but we can't do that. We can't do that. Obviously, this is we don't want to convince people and tell them it's not a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. What are some of the challenges that you found and how would you encourage a pastor who's trying to decide whether or not Better Man is something they really have time for right now. Because you are a brand new pastor, you're moving your family, and yet you decided, you know what, I'm going to try this out. And Yeah, and it was, I mean, the the things that you're touching on, I mean, I am slammed right now, completely slammed. I'm a stranger to the staff. I've got a brand new staff. They don't really know who I am. I'm, I'm trying to build trust with them. The congregation hasn't had a pastor for over a year. And so I get there. And so everybody wants to have dinner, lunch, breakfast, coffee. And, uh, and, and in some ways, I will say this helps with that because it does give you a hub, uh, a place that you're going to be where you're accessible to the men of the body. And, um, and, and I think you're also identifying the, the laborers, the people, the men who are going to labor with you. So in some ways it, it helped that. And I, and I also think it's necessary. And so I didn't, I didn't see a scenario, scenario where we couldn't do this. Uh, the biggest challenge for me, honestly, is that, you know, every week I'm, I'm teaching on the weekend. And then so to prepare another message in between there and, and even to use someone else's outline, uh, is, is, mm-hmm. I had to give myself permission to, cause I'm, you know, I'm kind of like a cage lion up there. I walk all over the stage and I, I'm away from the podium. Most of the time I had to give myself permission to kind of change some of the ways I do that to sit there and to tell the stories in between, but then just to look at the, and read the sentences where there's a fill in the blank. It's not like I have to have that, you know, to, to memory, if you will. And, um, and I think once uh, you know, by the end of, of week one, I kind of had my legs underneath me and I'm excited to move into week two. But that was that was by far the biggest challenge. And then just to, you know, I gave away a lot of the the recruiting of the table leaders and the emails to a guy. And, um, you know, it was a good, great test for him. And, and I just had to oversee that and watch and make sure that he was up for the challenge. He did a great job. What, uh, what how is it? recruiting table leaders um what were what do you think their experience was is did you get them saying i don't think this is going to work or i don't think people are gonna uh you know sh- these younger kids in my life are going to actually show up <laughs> what what was kind of their their reaction what was that experience like well what's awesome is you know just using you know, robert you have a great reputation among men and so there were some guys that had been through men's fraternity that were just you know chomping at the bit like let's go mm. um, I, I didn't get any, hey, we don't think this is going to work. I did get some, man, how do I find six to eight guys? Where are they going to be? And you guys you guys told me that was going to happen. And so I just read the script to them like, hey, you know, think about this, think about this, think about this. And I told them, hey, if you can't, you know, we'll, we'll place guys at your table. Uh, we're here to help you, but I bet you can. And sure enough, you know, they did. <laughs> when I think when you really start thinking through your neighborhood, your community, your work environment, so I did hear that from a few, like, hey, I'm concerned I'm not going to be able to find the guys, which was just easy, just saying, hey, we'll help you. You, you try, we'll help you. And, um, and I think there was more eagerness amongst those table leaders. And then identifying them wasn't a challenge either. I mean, it was just, I, what I did was I just blind emailed the staff and said, hey, send me uh, the, the first top studs in the body that you know of. And then we 
collected that list. And like I said, all but two jumped at the opportunity and, and those two only didn't because of their, their travel schedule, schedule their availability. So it seemed like everybody, I mean, there was definitely a felt need. Uh-huh. And um, I mean, my biggest concern last 2% would be like hurting someone's feelings. Like who's, who are we not including? That's going to ask, man, why didn't you, why didn't you ask me to do that? JP, one question, I, since you've already had the, the launch that I just wanted to ask you um, in the days following the launch, have you had any conversation with table leaders or participants or whatever that uh, have encouraged you and given you feedback? Yeah. So kind of, I put them in three buckets. So one was I came back to my desk and I had uh, several emails from some wives that were just like, Hey, I'm praying for you guys this morning. This is such an answer to prayer. And so that was just encouraging. Then I had uh, just some, I saw some guys who had shared about the morning on, on Instagram and just kind of the buzz. So on social media, mm-hmm. there were, there were some videos and and some clips and they'd put in, you know, their own comments of like, guys, can you believe this? I'm, I have the privilege of gathering with hundreds of men this morning. You know, what, what an amazing opportunity, but then even more specifically, just guys that came up and, and they said either it was table leaders or guys at the table that were just surprised by the very things we've already commented on. Like I couldn't believe how deep guys went so fast to the, the level of conversations that we had. And, uh, man, I've known this, this one guy I've known for two years and I had no idea that this is where he was at just as he was talking about um, just his own state of manhood. And so it was, it was encouraging all around. I mean, there was no, I, I received no constructive criticism except for the one guy who said, Hey, I just didn't hear the gospel. And then as, as I got to talk to him about the, the curriculum, you know, he just grew in excitement too, um, because of how, how thoughtful it is. Yeah. So well, JP, that's, if, that's I'm a, if I'm a pastor sitting on the fence, what, what do you say to me? As far as like sitting on the fence, like, should I do better man or not? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say if you have a better way to develop men, uh, go for it. But I, I like this way of developing men better than your way of not developing men. You know what I mean? And I, I, it's, I think that you guys have been incredibly thoughtful in the curriculum. I, I think that you've, it, it looks sharp. I did hear that too, by the way, Robert. And, okay. and you asked to your other question. Somebody just said, man, this, this material, it just looks so clean and sharp. And you can tell that you have invested some resources in this, that you believe in it. And uh, I'm just, man, I, I'm just telling you, it, it works. I mean, it, it produces better men. Like what else is there? And so if there's something else out there that's doing that, let me know. But I know that this does that. And so if there's a pastor on the fence, I would say, you need to identify strong guys in your body. You need to raise up leaders. You need to help men step up to the call uh, of being a man. Paul writes in First Corinthians 13, you know, when I was a child, I walked like a child. I thought like a child. I talked like a child. But when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. And we are there is an epidemic in our culture right now where men are embracing childish ways. They're not putting them behind me. I mean, just look at any statistic you want to, whether it's adultery, whether it's pornography, whether it's the fatherless statistics. I mean, they're, they're crazy. It's happening on our watch. And as a pastor, we don't have an option to sit idly by. You can't just 
you know, sit on your hands and think, okay, well, this, yeah, this is happening in our culture, but I'm not going to do anything about that. I'm going to address these other issues. And in reality, this is our problem. It's the church's problem. And here's a solution. You guys, thank you. You're spoon feeding us a solution that I think we have to apply. So I don't know how we could not do this. That's, that's what I would say to that. I don't understand how we could not do something like this in every single church in America. And if we did do something like this in every single church in America, I think we would change our country and ultimately change our world. And that's what excites me is if men caps, capture this vision, if they catch it, it sinks into their heart, which I think it's going to, we could change the world. Yeah. And so that's, that's what I think we're looking at with this curriculum. Well, JP, that's what excites me too. And that's what excites me to be yoked up with you. It's, yeah, man. It, I really am just so excited that uh, we're in this together and together we're going to make a difference. We are going to well, make thank, a difference for the kingdom. Thank that's you for the privilege of getting to play people, a part. Some people are probably saying, well, JP, you really set him up to give a great sales pitch. But here's the best part about Better Man. It's free. We're giving it away to churches. We'll give you logistics guides, all the support you need. The only thing that we charge a fee for is workbooks, if you want to use our workbooks. Uh, and we actually don't mark those up. Those are being distributed at cost to you because we're just trying, we can get them cheaper as a large order than you can locally in a small order, but we'll give you the PDF if you want to print them out yourself. Uh, this is something that is a, an act of generosity on Robert's part, on the part of our board and the group of generous men that have said, Hey, we want to make a difference uh, in the lives of men. And so we're here to support the church, help the church uh, make a difference in the lives of men. And if you'd like more information about that, you can find it at betterman.com. JP, thank you for being with us today. Man, Thanks, such JP. a privilege, guys. And uh, privilege. we look forward to hearing more about what God does uh, you know, in, in your church as you uh, grow in your, your leadership as a pastor there, but also as Better Man continues. So thank you. Absolutely. Well, be, be praying for us when you think about it. And thank you so much for uh, letting me run with this curriculum here in Waco. It's making a difference already. Absolutely. Thanks. Hey, this is Mark Matlock with The Better Man Podcast. I just want to remind you to leave a review and subscribe to The Better Man Podcast on whatever platform you're listening from. If you're a church or organization leader interested in bringing a Better Man 10-week event to your community, go to betterman.com for information.